Hi, and welcome to Follow's weekly message podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message inspires you and helps you follow Jesus in your community for his glory. Here's the message. So great to be here tonight. Getting so close to Christmas now, Ads. Yeah. Excitement's building up. And we've got the nativity scene here. Nativity scene, you know, once you see one of those, yeah. you know Christmas is coming. Absolutely. It's, just... it's familiar. You go to all the shopping centers and all the Christmas cards and the decorations. And, you know, it's not a scene that's unfamiliar in our society. Absolutely. So it is familiar. Is it a little bit too familiar? I think it might be. You know, when things, you see it a lot, you sort of lose the essence of what it's all about. And I think we might be getting to that point where we need to really recenter around, okay, what is this actually all about? Yeah, it was yeah. a good chance to do that tonight. I don't know, in years gone by, it was in the Maya windows, and yeah. these days it's replaced with a whole bunch of other stuff. But <laughs> That's right. For many years, it was the, the feature of the Maya windows, and I think people are just very familiar with it. So it's mm. great on this time, close to Christmas, to be able to unpack that story again and, and talk about the reason that it brings hope for us. Yeah. And that's really what this is all about tonight. Mm. So, uh, you know, there are many significant events that go on in our world, but there's a reason that we find this so familiar, and that is because this event undeniably changed the world. Mm. And so there are many significant events that have happened right throughout history, but we don't remember most of them, no. certainly not every year. No, that's right. And, you know, this one's changed the course of history and our calendar system was built around it. And, you know, it's such a significant time of year. And, um, yeah, I think with such a significant time, we need to know why. Like, what's it all about? Yeah, well, I think at Christmas we remember that hope was literally born Absolutely. and placed in a manger. And that's what we celebrate together at Christmas, particularly mm. as Christians. And we know that 2020 has been a tough year for so many people. And so to finish the year talking about hope, this year is maybe more important than ever before. And so that's why Christmas is great, because Christmas is all about Hope. Hope. Absolutely. And Hope so, born in a manger. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we're going to talk about it. It was so good today to have, um, you know, some of the follow kids do Bible yeah. verses and take us through Luke's gospel and the story of, of Jesus' birth, the actual narrative of, yeah. of what happened in that time. But the last verse you'll notice wasn't from Luke's gospel. It was from Isaiah chapter 9. And we're going to focus on that tonight. And as what was different about that verse? Ah, uh, that verse was actually written in the past. That was not something that was happening at the time. That was actually how many years? About 750 years before Jesus was born. That's the prophet right. Isaiah gave a prediction. We, we call it a prophecy. A prophecy, And yeah. so it's pointing towards an event that's going to happen in the future. Yeah. And so 750 years out, they predicted the birth of Jesus. Yeah. And so God spoke through Isaiah for that. So really quite incredible um, that they've been waiting so long for that to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those things about prophecies. You know, 750 years earlier, and there's prophecies that date back even older than that. Yep. And, you know, all these, these, these messages about the Christ that was to come, uh, you know, you had to understand that people in those times were waiting with anticipation for the Christ, for, for the lamb that would be their sacrifice, for someone who would uh, take away their sins and reconcile them to a God who loves them. And uh, that time had finally come. It was an exciting time. Yeah. So week one, you spoke about prophetic hope. That's right. So tell us a little bit about what you said that day. Yeah. Yeah. So if you missed the first uh, part of this series, feel free to go back and watch. But yeah, prophetic hope was all around looking at some of those messages and, uh, you know, the things that people had been saying about the Christ that was to come. There were over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament around the Messiah that was to come. And uh, we looked at uh, the study by Professor Stoner, who talked about uh, what are the chances that someone, any one person would be able to 
to fulfill those prophecies. And uh, he looked at just eight of them, and the chances of one person fulfilling eight of the 300 plus prophecies is one in 10 to the 17th power, which is a massive, massive number. And as he adds more prophecies in, the number just gets so, so huge. So, get me right, that's eight prophecies, so yep. there's 300 prophecies, that's so that's right. a lot of zeros. <laughs> that is a lot of zeros. So yeah. it just it just shows us that, you know, we, we can put our faith in Jesus because it's him. It's always been him and it's always going to be him. Yep. And it's, uh, yeah, it's great to celebrate that. So God's people, they got this prophecy 750 years out and they're waiting year after year, generation after generation yeah. for this promise to actually be realised. And so after 750 years... Christmas, the very first Christmas, it finally arrived. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not that great at patience these days. No, we're not. We're not. We tend to, you know, credit cards and we want things now. And, you know, speaking for myself, I like playing some video games now and again. So anyone young out there who plays video games, you know how frustrating it is when you turn on your console and, you know, update required for a game you really want to play and you've got to wait for the update. And, you know, we're just, as a society, we're not that good at waiting for things. No, that wheel of death on the computer when oh, you're waiting, it feels like forever. Absolutely. Or when I go through the Mac is drive-through, you know, yeah. if we've got to wait three minutes for a Big Mac, it's like, what are they doing in there? Like, I'm hungry, you know, I would have eaten in if I wanted to have a you know, full dining experience. That's so right. We're certainly not very good at patience. And mm. so 750 years, these people had been waiting for this promise to come to pass. Mm. And then finally, in verse 6, we read that it happens. Yeah. And the prophecy said, for to us a child is born, mm. to us a son is given. And so in the person of Jesus, this prophecy comes into fruition and it's a wonderful thing. And, and I, I just try to imagine what that birth would have been like yeah. and being there on the moment. I, I know I've been there for the birth of our kids and the first one I was at was Taylor and I got to deliver Taylor and so I'm there, you know, waiting for the catch and she sort of slid out. It's, it's obviously a little bit more difficult than that. It's kind of <laughs> easier right. for us guys but more difficult for our wives. Absolutely. And Taylor finally came out but she had like the, the umbilical cord wrapped around oh. her neck and she was like blue like a blueberry. So at that point I kind of panicked. It's like, ah, absolutely, you know, and they came in and kind of grabbed the cord and ripped it over the top and... She came back to a normal, uh, normal colour again, which was she looked a bit like an alien there for a while. So <laughs> quite a relief. Um, but then I remember even with um, Annika and Lenny, I just remember when they were born, they were sort of wide-eyed, like they were wide awake. And when they heard my voice, it's like they kind of looked up and like, ah, that's what you look like. And hopefully they were impressed with what they saw. I don't know. Surely they were. Surely, yeah. Surely. <laughs> what about no, you? Yeah, it was the same. Like you know, I, I was adamant that I wanted the first thing in um, this world for our children to touch would be my hands. I wanted to catch all of our children and I did. Mm. And, um, you know, I remember with Keziah, our firstborn, it was such a a crazy experience, you know, the whole day of waiting for this. We were anticipating, you know, this beautiful little angel to come into our lives. And when she finally was born, it it was just such a mix of emotions of, you know, disgust because it's a really gross thing to happen, but also just overwhelming joy because, you know, Christine gave birth in the shower and we just hugged our daughter together in the shower and we just wept because we just felt so much joy around this little angel that was now in our care and we just thank God for her. So it's a a beautiful experience and one I'm sure Mary and Joseph uh, and so many more in the community were... um, we're so joyous about with Jesus. Yeah, I don't think there's ever been an event in my life where so many emotions kind of intersect all at once. You know, you've got <laughs> relief because your wife's been pushing and you feel a bit helpless yeah. in that moment. And then, you know, there's absolute joy and then there's real pride as you look at this new child and you think, that's Absolutely. our kid. And then there's obviously gratitude to God for, yeah. you know, everything that's gone on and you sort of celebrate the culmination of a journey mm. in that moment. So that first Christmas, it would have had all of those emotions plus the mm. 750 years of waiting. And so it's like, yeah. wow, it's finally happened. So it would have been quite incredible. Absolutely. And sometimes we underestimate that, I think. We, we have the gift of hindsight. So mm. we look back and we read the Gospels and, 
Um, we sort of think, yeah, we understand all that. But I just wonder, how does it actually give us hope today? Well, it gives us hope because if we, we looking back, can see who this Christ was. You know, we see a, the story of the baby in a manger and, and you're watching today, you might be a Christian, you may not be, but you might be familiar with the story of, you know, this baby in a manger. You've seen the, the scene around, but, you know, he grew up to teach us all about God's kingdom and God's kingdom, which we'll talk about in a moment, is mm. so fantastic and so reliable and so uh, everlasting. It, it's it's a great thing, but also that he would he would die for our sins. He would, mm. he would reconcile us to God and let us have relationship with this God who previous to then has been relatively uh, distant to man because of the things that we carry, the sins that we carry. So, you know, it just brings hope for all of us in in so many ways. Yeah, I think for me it gives hope because you saw all those prophecies that you spoke about before Mm. talking about Jesus' birth and the probability of all that happening and it happened. Actually happened. And yet there's still some amazing promises in the future. That's right. And so for me, if God was faithful to all the stuff that was promised at Jesus' birth, then we have great hope and expectation that God is faithful to the other promises he's made. And so Mm. whatever you're going through in life, there's that hope that kind of transcends all of that. And I think that's really beautiful. And those future promises are pretty amazing. It's they're pretty good. Like yeah. you know, again, one thing pretty I've good. Pretty they're good. pretty good. Yeah. They're pretty good. <laughs> one thing I've learned about God is that He is absolutely reliable, and yeah. He does what He says He's going to do. And the promises He's got for all of us going forward are so amazing. You know, He talks about uh, you know the kingdom that we're going to experience once we we pass this life, and that we're going to be in a space where God's going to wipe away all of our tears. There'll be no more pain, no more suffering, and you know what. I want to be in a place like that. I want to be where that kingdom is. But I think that, uh, you know, we're called to live that kingdom a little bit now as well. Yeah, I imagine mm. that our world with every bit of evil and pain, mm. every broken relationship, every bit of uh, hurt, sickness, injustice kind of sucked out of it yeah. and replaced with what it's designed to be, like yeah. love and joy and peace yeah. and reconciliation. Yeah. And, oh, that, that's our future. Absolutely. And so I, I really Absolutely. love that. and. I think, yeah, we have a responsibility, I guess, to to be living that kind of life now. And so we see from history God's faithfulness. We have great hope and confidence for the future. Mm. And some of that comes from the attributes of our God. Absolutely. This passage goes on to talk about that in verse 6. It says that he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mm. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I just love that first one, you know, Wonderful Counselor. That's great. There's times (laughs) where we need people to come alongside us and and bring counsel. It's kind of a really caring posture. It's where you have guidance and it's where you have care and Mm. love and uh, someone who listens and empathises. And we know that, that Jesus, God in human form, he empathises with us in our weakness because he's been through Absolutely. incredible suffering, Absolutely. being persecuted, uh, all that sort of stuff. He's been through it. Yeah. And so he understands what we're going through mm. and he's always present. And so he's with yeah. us and in us and we can go to him at all times and he'll help us. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Absolutely. And he's also talking about the fact that he's a mighty God. Mm. You know, we experience lots of different things in life, in brokenness and, you know, um, uh, mental illness and relationship breakdown, a financial strain. And, you know, tomorrow is never certain. You know, we are always going to face these these curves in the road. And, you know, they throw us they throw us sometimes. They hit us for six and we don't know really how to tackle any situation. But you know what I love? I love when I, when I we think about Mighty God, it takes me back to when I was in grade six. Mm, and when I was in grade six, I was invited to go to Luna Park for free, oh, right, wow. for free. Yes. And I remember going to Luna Park, and I'm not a huge roller coaster guy, so I didn't really want to go on all the big roller coasters. So I looked around for a ride that would be suitable for me, and I saw one that looked like a, a UFO. Oh, I and I went in, it, and it's yep. the Gravitron. The Gravitron. The Gravitron, right? <laughs> so I go in there as a grade six, and all the other grade sixes are, you know, from all the states, uh, schools around Victoria, 
are going into the Gravitron and it starts to spin. And at first you sort of start to feel your hands not be able to come off and it's really struggling to move anything. And then, you know, it starts to speed up even quicker. And when it starts to speed up even quicker and those, those uh, the pads that you're laying on, they slide up, that's when the chaos starts to set in. Moving upside down. Yeah, the kids who are really courageous go upside down yeah. and, you know, and you start to hear the screams and you're hoping no one vomits because if they do, it's going straight oh, back. Oh, it happens. Yeah, it does, <laughs> it does happen. But you start to spin so quickly that you hear the whirring of the gears and the machine and, you know, thoughts naturally come in of, you know, imagine if, like, you know, a cog broke loose or mm. a nut and a bolt loosened. This thing's going flying, you know, mm. and there's a level of chaos there and there's a level of, you know, I know this is a ride that's been, you know, made safe, but what if, you know? And you look around the Gravitron and all the kids have that same look on their face of, man, I am freaking out. But there's one person in the Gravitron who's not like that. And that's the operator. Because he's done it before, he knows the machine, and he's not spinning. Not at all. He's not middle. actually. Yeah. It's like a, a fixed point, isn't it? Absolutely. He? We're all out of control. Like we can't control our that's bodies. Right. We can't control what's going on. We don't have the roads to break. <laughs> that's right. This guy's just sitting there with his music. Music, and he's, and he's, he's along having and, the greatest time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think that that's last for life, you know, is that we're in this journey, life, and it, sometimes it spins like a washing machine, yeah. and we don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. And we have all these thoughts about what if this happens? That's going to be the worst thing for me. The relationships I have, what if they break down? My finances are stable right now, but what if they're not going forward? You know, the mental illness, will I ever come out of it? And we're in this space of of chaos and anxiety and worry, but there is an operator. There is God who knows everything. He's sitting on the throne. He's in control. And he's not worried about what tomorrow might hold because it's all in his hands. And uh, when I think of a mighty God, I think of a God that no matter what I face, he is in control and he is okay and I can hold on to him. Yeah, absolutely. There's times when we feel out of control, no doubt about Mm. it. But God's sovereign. And, yep. you know, even 2020, it's not a surprise for him. No, that's know? right. So there's nothing that's he can't right. help us through. So right. I just love the fact that he's a mighty God. But yeah. it says he's everlasting father, prince of peace as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everlasting father. I didn't have the, the best father growing up. So it took me many years to actually get used to what is a father? Because the father for me was someone who I had to avoid and walk mm-hmm. on eggshells and worry about their moods. Uh, But I've learned that that's not who God is. You know, I've looked through, you know, God through the lens of my earthly father instead of looking at fatherhood through the lens of God. And, um, you know, God is is, is someone who nurtures us and protects us and cares for us and loves us. And, you know, I just love that about God. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, I had the opposite experience. You know, I had a wonderful dad, a dad that was always looking out for me. And Mm. it wasn't perfect, but it was always a really caring dad. And so when I think of God as father, it's positive emotions. But like you said, we've got to look through the other way and, Mm. and realize that God is the perfect father and yeah. and he will never abuse us. He will no. never leave us. He will love us unconditionally and yeah. he's always there for us, which is wonderful. Absolutely. And of course, he's a, a, the Prince of Peace Prince as of well. Peace. Yeah, and, he uh, gives us that peace that surpasses all understanding. And I love that thing about peace. It's not that you'll have peace um, you'll have peace in everything. It just that means that you'll have peace in the situations because you know God. Yep. You know who he is. Like you, you understand, again, he's that mighty God. So if he's able to, to handle every situation that comes your way, you have that peace that surpasses all understanding. And that means you have peace when you really shouldn't have peace, but yep. you have it anyway because God's that good. Yeah, when it makes no sense whatsoever, you can still have that peace. And yeah. this is what we're talking about. This this prophecy, this, this guarantee of future hope mm. is built on a person who is exactly yeah. what we've just described. And, yeah. and that's wonderful. And so this great hope hope we have rests on this one baby born in a manger, Mm. Jesus Christ, God in human form, and he carries with him the hope of the world. And then in verses six and seven, it talks about the government. And it says, and the government will be on his shoulders Mm. of 
the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Now, yeah. I haven't heard much about the government this year. Have you heard much about it? No, it's been quiet on the government quiet, front for yeah, 2020. Yeah, I don't think I've heard happy. anything. Pretty happy? Yeah, everyone's happy. Everyone's yeah, happy right, with the government. Yeah, okay, let's, mm. let's be honest now. <laughs> 2020 has been a year of unprecedented yeah, criticism, absolutely. uncertainty, mistrust in governments all mm. around the world. And even yeah. in Victoria, we've had like that full spectrum of, yep. you know, opinions about our own Premier. And I don't Absolutely. think I've ever seen the world more divided around politics, not no. just here but overseas as well. And, Absolutely. And so when we hear about this government being mm. under Jesus' control, that he's he's leading this government, I think mm. sometimes, once again, we look at government through the filter of our governments Absolutely. and go, oh, I don't want to talk about yeah. <laughs> government's governments. A bad word. <laughs> but we've got to actually, once again, reverse it. Absolutely. And, and realise that this government is, is not like the earthly governments no. that we've become accompanied to. That's right. And this government is on Jesus' shoulders mm-hmm. and, and he reigns and it's a government government of peace mm. and justice, yeah. righteousness, and it will never end. It will never end. And that's one of my favorite parts about it. You know, we see in governments that leadership changes all the time. You know, in America, it's every eight years they have a new president mm. and we're voting all the time or maybe, you know, in the government, people are kicking each other out and it's just so unstable and you never know what tomorrow is going to hold in regards to what we're chasing as a nation or what we're chasing as a as a, a state or what we're chasing as a council or, you know, it's just, it's all so different and you never know what tomorrow is going to hold. But mm. Jesus... Like the kingdom that he's offering, the kingdom that he wants all of us to be a part of, it doesn't change because God doesn't change because it's built on his character of, as you said, peace and righteousness and justice and truth. And, um, you know, it's a wonderful kingdom to be part of and to have that stability going forward. And I find great reassurance that our confidence as Christians Mm -hmm. is not on any earthly pope or prime minister or president or even a premier. Mm -hmm. Um, Our hope is on the risen and returning Jesus, Absolutely. the King, whose story started that very first Christmas yeah, here right in here. a manger. That's so, right. you know, like you said, our governments are up and down and policies change, mm-hmm. peoples change, uh, promises are broken, motivation yeah. shifts, but the government promise here is guaranteed and yeah. eternal. You know, in difficult times, it is easy to lose hope. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, Ed, what do you think are some of the things that people in our world put their hope in? Yeah, we put our hope in a lot of different things. We put our hope in our family. Uh, we put hope in our, in our careers, in our finances, in our mental health, in our regular health, our physical health. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, all the things that we put our hope in is really ourselves because, mm. you know, it's very hard to let go of the reins and say, you know, I'm going to hope God with my future, uh, trust God with my future, and I'm going to trust God with the things I'm facing right now. And it's, you know, mm. unfortunately, it always leads to to pain. Yeah, and I think those things you just mentioned, all of them, including our own confidence yeah. at times, has been completely shaken to the core. So Absolutely. And I think at times we've looked to our government for the answer. You know, yeah, okay, we're going through a hard time, <laughs> wait for the next Dan Andrews announcement, we'll wait for the next regulations to come out, yep. and, and they're going to get us through this time. But that's really, right. it's a futile hope. That's right. You know, so the government of Jesus is, is actually the government that's holding all creation together. Absolutely. And, you know, it's promised by God here, it's described and it's a secure hope for us. Mm. And it remains in all the circumstances yeah. of life, even through a year like the one we've just had. Yeah. Uh, you know, life is a little bit like a roller coaster. Absolutely. You know, sometimes you're at the top and everything looks good and you're feeling pretty confident. But then, yeah. you know, when roller coaster goes down, <laughs> you don't like those, right? No, so absolutely. When it goes down, your stomach goes <laughs> and you're, then you're down the very bottom and then you're, you know, you're going up again. Life's a little bit like that. It's absolutely. up and down. Mm. And if our hope is built on those things that you just described, mm-hmm ourselves, our families, our bank account, all that sort of stuff, they're going to go up and down. Absolutely. But the thing about being a Christian is that in the midst of it, we have a hope that never moves because yeah. it's built on the rock 
It's That's built right. on Jesus Christ, oh, Jesus. and yeah. um, and He's on the throne, and we can trust Him. And Absolutely, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And He also He's on this mission to redeem yeah. this broken creation that we're a part of. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's a really wonderful thing. In his earthly life, he really modeled that for us. And yeah, absolutely. Through the Gospels, you can just see Jesus yeah. living the kingdom in the way that he loved people and showed mercy and grace and compassion. And, uh, you know, it's such a great read, reading the Gospels, because we're talking about this amazing kingdom. And honestly, the words that we're giving it don't do it justice. Yeah. Um, but, you know, going through the Gospels and looking at what Jesus talked about and the kingdom that was coming, um, it's just, it blows you away. And to know that it's found in him as a character, as him as a person, you know, and it doesn't change. It's just, why wouldn't you want to be part of that kingdom? Yeah, and the know? thing I love about being a Christian is that God says that we're his co-workers. And so mm-hmm. Jesus comes and announces this kingdom and he says, you're to pray like this, that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And that actually happens through us as we Absolutely. live lives of justice and peace and love and and generosity and all those things. Mm-hmm. We're actually representing a future kingdom that we look forward to. Absolutely. That has been promised. Yeah but we see glimpses of it in the present. And for me, we're part of this big dream that God has for creation yeah. to redeem and restore all things. And I think that's a, a really wonderful thing. And so how do we know this is going to happen? Well, we come well, forward to that say? last verse that we yeah. read today, verse yeah. 7. It says, the zeal of God will accomplish this. I love the word zeal. Right? It's such we never under- use it, do we? It's such an underused word. It's yeah. such a when I think of zeal, I think of like just being, you know, what wakes you up in the morning and what really excites you. And you know, um, I was talking to a couple not long ago who they love soccer, absolutely love soccer. And uh, the soccer teams in Melbourne, and uh, they told me a story about how they were in Shepparton once, and there was the game coming up, so they drove all the way down to Melbourne to watch this soccer game and then head back head back again because they had a zeal for their team. And, uh, you know, God's going to accomplish this through his zeal because he's passionate about it. He wants it. You know, why, why, do, why do we have this baby Jesus who is going to, to reconcile us to God? It's because God wants it to happen. He wants you. If you're watching today, you know, God wants you to be part of that kingdom. That's what he's passionate about. It gets him excited. Yes, that person is going to be part of my kingdom. And you know what? That's, that's so good that God wants us. That's awesome. Yeah, amazing. We don't deserve that. That's no, grace. Absolutely not. Undeserved love. But he's so serious about seeing this hope realised and this kingdom and government established that he sent his one and only son. Um, and mm. that's that's just the incredible thing about yep. this baby. It's not just an ordinary baby. Mm. This is God's own son, God yeah. in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And so we celebrate Christmas still 2,000 years later because mm. Jesus wasn't an ordinary body mm-hmm. uh, baby. baby. He was God mm-hmm. in the flesh. Absolutely. And he came to make a way for us mm-hmm. to be in relationship with him. And yeah. the thing was that there was an obstacle between us and a holy God. Absolutely. And that obstacle was sin. Absolutely. Yeah. Sin is simply the things that we do wrong. And God is holy. He can't tolerate that. And so mm. our sin separates us from God. Mm. And so God did something about it. He sent his son and he came down from heaven to earth and he lived this perfect life. And then on the cross, which is what we celebrate at Easter, Easter, he died in our place. He took our sin upon himself. And as he stretched out his hands, he says, it is finished. Mm. And the great news of the gospel is that when we put our faith in Mm -hmm. this person, Jesus Christ, what he did for us through his life, his death, his resurrection, Mm -hmm. uh, our sins are forgiven because they're placed on him and he's paid the price. And that means that that obstacle, that sort of barrier between, you know, us and God is removed and we come back face to face. We can be in relationship again. And it's absolutely wonderful. We are declared innocent because Mm -hmm. Jesus paid the price for us. And so 
question I want to sort of ask you towards the end yeah. is, this is for the kids really, mm. but who loves receiving gifts at Christmas? Okay, the kids and the big kids. Yeah, yeah, we we love nice. receiving <laughs> gifts, right? All the kids right now have got their hands up. Um, but adults, you will know that you love to receive gifts as well, but mm. you'll also understand the joy of giving, particularly if you've got little kids in your house and as you give them a gift and they unwrap it all, yeah. you see the joy and the laughter on their face and, and hopefully it's the present they were wanting. Absolutely. Um, and then there's a lot of joy. Um, but, you know, Jesus said it's more blessed to give yeah. than it is to receive. And so Jesus, 2,000 years ago, was the greatest gift Absolutely. ever given. For God so loved the world mm. that he gave his one and only son. Now, when we give gifts, we take time to wrap it. I don't know about what it's like yeah. in your house. Oh, but absolutely. Kim's the wrapper at our house because mine just looks so botched by the time <laughs> yeah, it finishes. Christine, so same. <laughs> Kim's got, you know, it's all nice and neat and it looks beautiful and there's shiny paper and it's all wrapped and presented well just for the kids just to destroy it and rip it That's all off. Right. But, but we wrap it up so it looks beautiful. Mm. Well, Jesus, the greatest gift ever given, mm. wasn't wrapped up in fancy wrapping paper. He was wrapped up in cloths mm. and placed in a manger. And so the big question, the question that all eternity hinges on, mm. is this year, will you unwrap this beautiful gift of Jesus? Yeah. Will you accept Jesus and what he's done for you and his life, death and resurrection? Will you accept him as your Lord and experience the hope mm. that we've been talking about today? Mm. Now, if that's something you would love to do today, if God's prompting you in that, um, we're going to invite you to pray along a prayer that's going to now come up on the screen. And as you read that prayer, we'd encourage you to pray that in your heart. Mm. And you can also click in the chat and you can let us know about that decision you've made. And we'd love to help you as you start that journey mm. with Jesus. Mm. Or... Or you can visit our website, follow.church, and there'll be a banner that says, I have decided. We'd love to hear from you and connect with you about the decision to be part of this awesome kingdom. If we were to hear from some of you this Christmas, that would be the greatest gift we could ever Absolutely. receive. It would be so wonderful. And so we are really hoping and praying that's for you. If you're already a Christian and you already have this hope, then we hope this year that you'll understand it afresh, yeah. that it will be uh, renewed for you as you remember right. what Jesus has done. Right. But on behalf of Follow Baptist Church and everyone here, we just want to wish you a really Merry Christmas. We hope you have a wonderful new year and we're looking forward to great things together in 2021. Absolutely. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Thanks for tuning in to Follow Online. To stay updated, go to follow.church. As the people of God, let's stay connected and follow the words of Jesus to love one another.